Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hello again, we are back and this is part three and we're talking to you this week, sharing with you ideas and how to recession-proof your business in your personal life. And as always, we sincerely appreciate all the great feedback. Um, If you're enjoying this podcast or the thousands of other shows that we've done over the past 10 years for you, please remember to give us a five-star review over on iTunes. So we are on day three, point number 11, Julie Harris. That's right. Point number 11, stop buying leads and anything speculative. If you can't track actual closings to it, why are you spending time and money on it? You can't count on the buoyancy of the market anymore in fear of missing out to keep your momentum. You must be proactive. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. That's your new mantra. So, so what do we mean by, you know, speculative and having to turn that corner? There's so much packed into that point. Um, and it's difficult to try to explain agents to agents uh, the importance of avoiding things that do not have a direct correlation between effort and results. That's right. Meaning an actual closing, an actual commission paid to you, not just a an impression or a quote lead, but an actual closing. That means that a lot of you should be giving yourselves permission to curb some of your branding and some of your things like that you've been doing, hoping that one day over time, the essentially mountain of you know branding and marketing you've been doing will somehow uh, elevate you to the next level. Some of you, most of you, frankly, all of you need to put that on the back burner and focus on immediate cash flow. That's incredibly important. And I have news for you. In the process of focusing on your immediate cash flow, whether you're working with a buyer, preferably a seller, and you're successful at taking the listing, and you're successful at selling the listing, that right there, my friends, is the ultimate real estate marketing, ultimate uh, brand building when you're actually successful selling real estate. You can make as many YouTube videos, and we certainly do it. You you can make as many TikTok videos. You can do as much of that marketing as you want to. Nothing will ever beat a sold sign in a seller's yard, especially if that seller happened to be a previously listed property, a.k.a. an expired listing. So if you are right now looking for permission to stop doing the things that you are, frankly, a little bit skeptical about that will ever work, branding, marketing, long form, you know, all that stuff, Give yourself permission to not do it. I'm not saying you don't ever, you can't ever go back to it. I'm not suggesting that unless, of course, you know for sure it won't work. But any long term, like, you know, we're going to do direct mail. We're going to do this, do the other things. If you have a choice between doing something that's going to one day, hopefully, maybe if all the stars align work and something you know will put money in your pocket in the next 60 to 90 days, if you find yourself attracted to the long range thing because it requires less skill, it's more passive, you've got to understand those are the first few steps, those types of thoughts to being broke and not being in the business in six months, let alone a year. You've got to be focusing on who you can help now. There's so much urgency in the marketplace right now, especially in the listing side of the equation. With your skills, you can be unstoppable. And that's frankly one of the reasons you know, Julie and I are so incredibly excited right now because there are so many of you who have will will make fantastic listing agents once you have the skill set. 
that maybe were pinched out of the market before for all kinds of different reasons? Well, guess what? Now is your time. This is what you've been waiting for. Absolutely. Point number 12, every team member must be a profit center. No riders, only rowers. Imagine you're on a boat. Do you want to have mostly riders or mostly rowers? You want everybody to row, don't you? Your transaction coordinator and your assistant also have centers of influence. So bonus them for being proactive and bringing you listing and buyer prospects, especially listings. You know, one of the teams that we're coaching just, uh, they have four buyer agents and they just added a bonus anytime those buyer's agents bring them a listing versus just kind of being lackadaisical about seeing the listing because they're focused on buyers. So bonus them. Well, so exactly. And this is originally, there's no writers, uh, only rowers. Julie and I originally came up with that back in 2007. Why? Because a lot of, guess what, teams were essentially having to pay the costs, the salaries of a lot of agents or a lot of assistants that were not producing income. Well, that person is there to service my sellers. Well, that's my transaction coordinator. Well, that's the person that does this, does the other thing. Why don't you make every single one of them into profit centers? And back then, and this opportunity, frankly, isn't that viable now, but we are telling every one of our teams to make every one of their uh, normal assistants that normally don't actually produce income, they just provide service, to start doing BPOs. So start doing things that, you know, especially if they had licenses, that would contribute to generating revenue. Every single person on your team must be creating revenue. Not, well, this person's, there's, you know, persons, uh, people that are supporting revenue generating activities, and there's people that are, you know, generating the revenue, sales type positions. Everybody should be generating some form of income that's going to lead directly to income coming in. Back in 07, and I'm going to suggest maybe now it would be a good time to reapply this. If they cannot pay for themselves, you need to seriously question whether they can be part of your team. Because again, and I want you to open your mind to this, there are so many different ways that they can help you make money. Guess what? They can start doing open houses for you. Mm -hmm. You know, well, this is a nine to five transaction coordination job. They can start doing open houses for you, right? They can start doing things that are going to help you generate business that's going to put money in your pocket so the business can stay afloat. Look, we heard on the news today, Julie and I were talking on our six mile walk. We were talking about uh, Google just laid off 14,000 people. Amazon just laid off. Now, when you hear these big stories about people being laid off, you have to understand it's not just people in those, you know, that lost their jobs. It's all the other ancillary businesses that had something to do. Like when Amazon lays off 14,000 people, I read a lot of the people they were laying off was in HR because Amazon for years had been on a hiring binge. And now that they're on a firing binge, they're now going to finally get rid of the people that they put in place to do all the hiring. Makes sense? Well, who else is going to lose their job, not necessarily at Amazon, but the ancillary jobs, ancillary uh, you know, services maybe that were being provided to those HR companies? Maybe it's a software company. Maybe it's a local restaurant. You guys get the point? So open your mind to the fact that in a market like this, everybody has to be producing income. Everybody has to be generating income. And you can figure out ways and leverage technology to do it. And fortunately, as we talked last Friday, there are going to be a lot of interesting technologies that emerge through uh, AI. Absolutely. We'll be telling you more about that on future podcasts for sure. So point number 13 might seem a little bit counterintuitive, and that is don't be drawn to REO and short sale peddlers. But wait a minute, aren't we talking about a recession? Shouldn't I double down on REO and short sale and distressed? Well, if the market shifts to that degree, we're going to be educating you on what to do about it and when. You're guaranteed to hear about it. But currently, as of today, as of this podcast, 
distressed property is less than 1% of all sales. Refer to our series about why the market is a shift and not a crash for details about all of that. But if you have a choice between concentrating on the 99% versus just 1% of the market, I know what I, what I would choose, right? Well, we have spent a lot of time on this podcast uh, talking about why there's not going to be a housing crash. But here's really the bottom line. And I, we remind all of you this frequently, but I find myself in a position where a lot of people are questioning, this, uh, questioning us on this. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're referring back to 2000, 2007, and 8, 9 as their playbook for what's going to happen next. Yes, you are correct that during a recession, generally speaking, things go on sale because, you know, vendors, merchants, whoever have to lower prices to get people to spend money. That is true. And generally speaking, in a recession, if there are a lot of job losses, there's less money to go around. Now, so far, have there been a lot of job losses? I just told you about some. So yes, you may have been affected by it. But for the most part in the country right now, what is it? We have a 3.4% unemployment rate. Which is, by the way, a historical low point. So the unemployment, it's important to realize this, is localized. Right. It is not nationwide. So you might be experiencing a big influx of people, you know, relocating in or out or becoming unemployed in your local, local market. But by and large, we are not seeing a, uh, for a while they were saying there was going to be a forbearance crisis when people came off of COVID forbearances. That didn't happen. We don't have people that are upside down in their homes. It is possible to lose your job and miss payments, but not actually be upside down in your home. We, you and I are going to start giving our talking points from I like know, a month but we ago have on done this. It before. But it is really important that you understand. Here's some statistical facts, and these numbers are – this is factish because I don't have the numbers memorized. But of all the homes in the United States – Julie, correct me when I say something dumb mm-hmm. – 50% of the houses are owned outright. The other 50% of the homes – that have mortgages on them have at least 50% equity. I'm rounding up or rounding down. It's darn close though. It's down close. And the number of people that have adjustable rate mortgages, most of which were taken out in the first half of 2022, I think it was like 250,000. It wasn't hardly any. It's a micro amount. Yeah. So the the probabilities, in order for there to be anything that resembled 2007, 2008, remember what I just told you, The people with at least 50% equity would have to go down to having no percent equity, which means homes would have to depreciate by an average of about 50%, let's call it 40% in the nation. And even, well, in some of the crappiest markets, you know, hardest hit markets during 07, 08, 09, that did happen. But guys, that is not in the cards. So unlikely because a couple more things would have had to happen. Number one is they didn't sell out of it in time, right? Cash out their equity and do something else. They could have kept it as a rental and done something else. They could have gotten a forbearance from their mortgage company and done something else. And the other thing is, remember, most people that took out mortgages prior to the first half of 22 are in mortgages where the rates are less than 3.5%. So what's the likelihood of those people uh, with 50% equity in their properties defaulting just because the property is worth less? I know what the number is. It's basically zero. Basically zero. Now, even if they lose their jobs, they still have plenty of room to lower the prices. What you're hearing about and what is being glorified in the you know on, on headlines um, are price reductions when you hear so and so what this market that market they lowered prices by this much and they're re- writing the headlines in such a salacious way that if you just read it and you're not thinking about what they're trying to say you will believe that prices drop by 15%. Well, prices asking prices did drop by whatever percent in whatever market, but that's not less than what the the person paid 2 years ago. They're still sitting on a mountain of equity. You guys get the difference? Back in 0708 09, not the case. 
people had no equity. People ha were having adjusting mortgages that were adjusting because the rates went up, were adjusting to a point where they couldn't afford the payments. Houses worth less, payments going up, people defaulted. Not the same thing we see happen going now, uh, happening now. And one of the biggest reasons that Julie and I are, you know, like I'd say 98% confident there's going to be no meaningful distressed real estate is because the government has already shown us their playbook of what they're going to do in the event that there's any kind of, you know, housing crisis of any variety, the pandemic, what did they do? They come up with forbearances. And what did they, you know, basically people were not making payments on their houses for 12 months. It didn't hit their credit. And the, 18 months in some cases. Right. And the interest was tacked on the loan at the end of uh, when they went to sell the property. But who cares? They were able to live in the house without having to worry about losing it. You guys, this is the formula that the government's going to repeat in all future quote unquote uh, crises. So if there is any kind of meaningful unemployment or any kind of meaningful setback in values, which we're not anticipating. We just told you why. You know for sure that's what the government's going to do. There is not a politician on planet Earth that is going to be wanting to be at the helm of whatever, you know, president or whatever, who's going to want to be known as the foreclosure president. Won't happen. And yet, right there in your inbox is somebody selling you a list of asset managers because the market's about to crash. So just hit delete. If anything even remotely comes close to that, you will hear about it here as it's happening. Well, re yes. And that's all. Why would we be telling you this if we didn't know it was true? Why? We would be selling you guys how to get into REO and short sale business like we did back in 07, 08, 09. If we believed that that was a viable thing for you to focus on, we would be telling you to do it. Now, here's the reason that Julie and I are so vocal about this. Some of you are believing that that is happening now because you've not done your own homework and you're following blindly, which is taking you off the track of what you should actually be doing to help yourself and make money and help other people in this market. That's the reason that we are so... Uh, rabid about people who are trying to sell you guys Mickey Mouse in a market like this because you do not have, unless you're sitting on like a big mountain of cash, you don't have time to do anything that's speculative. You want to put yourself in a position to help as many people as fast as possible and make money. You've got to overcorrect your thinking and overcorrect your efforts. That way you can frankly come out on the other side of this however long it lasts. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's a month, who knows, this re supposed recession, and you're going to be so much stronger, so much more confident, and you're going to have earned your right to actually have an absolutely stellar reputation in the community from having been successful when other agents weren't. By the way, when you want to build your brand, replace the word brand with reputation because ultimately that's what you want. You want a stellar reputation. That's what supposed branding experts are trying to get you to believe that you can shortcut. Reputation comes from long periods of time of helping other people accomplish their goals. You cannot fake that. And that's the reason that uh, when you are paying attention to some of these branding experts, they're trying to get you to believe that you can fool the public into believing that you're something that you're not. The way you actually win at the highest level is you earn the reputation from having been successful and then that becomes your brand and then you can embellish your brand, you can embolden your brand by uh, marketing. That's the way to go about doing it. Please don't be fooled into thinking it happens the other way. That's right. So point number 14 is very practical and tactical. Keep your body and mind in good shape. And I would say whether it's a recession or not, but especially in uh, challenging times. Why? Because you don't want to deal with a health issue at the same time as a market shift. So get involved in Orange Theory or CrossFit or Zumba so that you can stay fit and, by the way, expand your center of influence because you will be talking about real estate, talking, you know, using some scripts. So here's the other thing. Got to be super careful 
who you allow in your life and to have influence on you. And you've got to be at the point where people are going to think you're a little bit of a weirdo because you're so sensitive to controlling your environment. And your environment isn't just your physical environment where you are now. Your environment are the things that you listen to. This podcast is hopefully making you feel motivated and excited because you know you're going to be more successful now than maybe you've ever been before. Your environment is your church, your synagogue, your mosque. Your environment is your real estate office. Your environment is your family. Your environment is everywhere around you. Your environment is what you allow to influence you. Even the things in your life that you don't think are influencing you are influencing you. So be super selective um, and just, I mean, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys have heard this too, but they talk, if they have a book out now, you guys should read it or listen to it. But here's really the big takeaway. One of my big takeaways, you've heard this before. You are essentially the output of your five closest friends. Now, if you have three friends, but you watch a lot of CNN, guess what? CNN is also reflecting in your outlook on life. So Julie and I personally have a virtually uh, no media in our lives. We listen to podcasts and that's it. We don't even have working TVs in our house. And we have in, uh, yeah, that's basically it. No news ever <laughs> because it's all propaganda. And it, you don't, when you watch something or you talk to somebody and you walk away and you're feeling paranoid, you're feeling scared, you're feeling small, you're feeling pessimistic, you're feeling, you know, doubt, don't be around that person or don't watch that thing or don't re read that or listen to that or be in that environment again because there is a, an accumulation effect that comes from surrounding yourself around those types of thoughts and environments. And have you guys noticed, and this is true pretty much all the time, but more now more than ever, it seems like everywhere, there's nothing other than people that are talking crap about everything. Well, you're not going to feel like you're going to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level and go out there and help people and as a result earn a lot of money. You're not going to adopt that mindset if you personally are feeling like you're under attack or your loved ones are under attack. Does that make sense, Julie? Yeah, I mean, why would you surround yourself with anything that did anything except support you and make you feel great? And I guarantee you, you turn on any news channel from any source, they're not talking about like the greatest thing that happened yesterday. They're just gonna make you feel nervous and scared and stressed out and oh my gosh, did you hear about that and hear about that? Why would you do that to yourself? Control what you're putting into your head, into your body, into your mindset. Especially, you know, when things are changing and there's so many people trying to to stuff some kind of story into your head. Don't be political, guys. I know some of you, you know, frankly, I know some of you get business from being political. So let's just separate. You know, I get it. If you're having to be a partisan for the sake of doing transactions Certain with the towns are like that. Yeah, I totally understand. Chicago, San Francisco. Sure. I get it. But understand that ultimately that's going to adversely affect the number of people you can do business with. And advice we got from one of our mentors a long time ago, a guy named Jack Rosselli, he said, be a Republicrat. So yep. be both. See both sides of it, which, by the way, is another sign, frankly, of intelligence. If you can, you know, steel man and, uh, you know, straw man, both sides of an argument, understand by both sides of it, you're going to be a lot happier and a lot more interesting as a person. So if there's things that... Like if you can't understand the other person's perspective, you've been brainwashed basically. You're essentially, you're becoming a human zombie. Especially if you don't even want to hear what that perspective is. Right. And again, in, at this time in your lives, what most of you should be doing is totally and completely checking out of anything po uh, political. It's become much too nasty, much too salacious. And again, notice the, notice the fact that a lot of the people in your life 
online and otherwise, who are the most political are also the least productive, have the worst health, worst relationships, worst finances. Triggered all the time, online all the time, posting like that crazy cat typing at the keyboard. <laughs> That's you know, right. I mean, I can't remember, and I'm, I'm wandering off into stoic land here, which is too obtuse for many, but one of the stoics said, uh, the quote that I like is, you don't have to have an opinion on that. Yeah. You just don't have to have an opinion on that. There's nothing requiring you to put your opinion out there. And I think it's very valuable to opt out of having an opinion on everything. So let me rename this one. Point number 15 is create multiple sources of income. And Julie's example is? Okay. So for example, a transaction fee. Maybe you charge $497, for example, which can be the, the amount in most markets, sometimes more, sometimes less, but let's say 497 times, say, 20 transactions. Well, that will make you $9,940 more this year on 20 transactions. What could you do with that? Could you save that? Would you pay off something with that? Would you bonus maybe your transaction coordinator? Well, if you're doing 50 transactions per year, that's almost $25,000 in additional money. That's worth at least two, three, four other transactions where you didn't have to actually do the transaction. Some of you don't know what we're talking about. A transaction fee is just one of the examples, the many ways you can generate yes. more money from each sale. And Julie mentioned 497, but there's people we know that are charging a thousand dollars on each mm -hmm. side. So you do a buyer side transaction. We explain to you how to do this in uh, premier coaching or a listing side transaction. You disclose to the client that there's a transaction fee. We tell you how to do that on the net sheet, you know, and they sign it, you sign it and everyone knows it's happening and then it shows up at closing and they pay it. But on every transaction, some of you are just doing on the listing side, we want you to charge a transaction on the listing side and the buyer side, and this is completely free, uh, free, listen to me, completely legal. Yes. So make sure you do that. And uh, yeah, you can create multiple streams of income. Um, home warranties. You can sell home warranties. I think, doesn't AHS pay 120 bucks? Uh, I think it might even now? be more now. Yeah. yeah. So if you initiate the sale, you can get paid on home warranties. You can get, so each deal you do can generate, let's say another 12, 1300 bucks. Well, if you have a transaction coordinator that's working for you, maybe it's a virtual one or a real one. Now you're figuring out how they have become rowers and not riders because now they're the ones that are making sure those fees are being collected because they've been, you know, essentially authorized by the client. Right. And oftentimes the fees you're collecting are going to be more than what you're actually actually paying for that transaction to be closed. If you're paying your TC $400 and you're charging $497, plus you get another $120 on American Home Shield, well, now you're running a profitable business, right. right? There you go. So so listen, guys, here's your homework. You know what it is. Join Premier Coaching if you have not already done so. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Or just go to premiercoaching.com. You hear us talking about Premier Coaching every single day because we know, and frankly, I'm sure you know, that it is your most logical step forward in your real estate business because of this market. This is what coaching is for. This is what training is for. There are a billion people out there that are going to tell you how to make a YouTube video. But how many people are going to explain to you guys how to follow our five-step listing process? Well, I know the answer. It's our coaching organization because it is proprietary. These are not systems you can find other places on the internet. Our pre-listing pack is, uh, you know, copywritten. If you're a coaching client, you can use it. Other than that, you cannot. All of our content is exclusive to us. So if you want a proven system that's been proven to work in multiple types of markets, I mean, every kind of price range you can imagine, big groups of agents and teams and small ones, individual agents, that is Premier Coaching. Text the word Premier to 47372 or go to premiercoaching.com. And remember, guys, when texting, message and data rates may apply. Part number four is tomorrow. So make sure you tune in. Thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Have a great day.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.